Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again coming to you in your living room, uh, your vehicle, however you're watching or listening. And again, we're always honored and privileged to bring the Word of God to you. Amen. So we're blessed that you're connecting with us and, and uh, listening, watching, however it is. Hopefully uh, you're getting blessed by the services. I know it's always a little bit tough, uh, especially for all of our locals here that uh, we're not able to meet together in, a, in, the, in the church itself. But uh, anyway, it's still good uh, to at least try to connect you where you're at. Praise God. Again, in an empty room today, I am hearing, though, some good reports that some, some states are opening some things up. And uh, so I'm believing we're not too far behind now. Uh, at least that's our prayer. Praise God. So we're all believing that uh, uh, we can get uh, back to the way things should be, amen, and uh, anyway, praise God. So since it's a Sunday service, uh, again, I'm going to uh, come at you with, uh, with an offering, uh, with a word and a verse and a little bit of a principle concerning uh, our giving and receiving, praise God. So we're going to go uh, to the Word of God and do, uh, do our offering time, amen. So uh, we're going to come out of Philippians chapter 4. And uh, actually going to go with a common verse today. And uh, it's one that, uh, of course, Paul writing to uh, the Philippians uh, about uh, their, their willingness to give and, and uh, talks about the ministry of giving and receiving. Amen. And, of course, uh, they supported Paul uh, when he was uh, in Macedonia. They're in Thessalonica and and other places. And so he says this, after, because of their giving, he says, And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So, and my God, which actually, this really is a question of who and not how. Okay, now the reason I'm saying that is this, because what it's just saying is who's the one that's your source here. Okay, God's your source. And if God's your source, and I'm just going to say this, if God's your source, then your, uh, you know, your supply is as big as He is, okay? If, if you're your own source, then that supply is only as big as you. That's just something to keep in mind. And it says, and my God shall supply, and that word means to make replete, uh, to furnish, to fill, and to keep full, okay? All your need and, of course, a lot of times you read the word need there, people just refer to think that that's just talking about necessity, but it is not. It talks about everything from lack, wants, necessities, uh, requirements, uh, demands, all the things that's right now uh, pressing you or needs to be fulfilled. And guess what? God is just as interested in meeting your wants as your needs. Just keep that in mind. Praise God. Anyway so, uh, anyway, so it says, And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches, His uh, wealth, His abundance, uh, His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know, it's not according to your need. So He's not, he's not going to meet your need according to your need. He's going to meet your needs or your wants according to His riches in glory, which means then if God's your source, then it's unlimited. Okay, so then that your supply then is going to be uh, based on how big he is and not based on how big you are. All right, so praise God. I'm going to say this real quick. Um, let's believe more in God's ability to give, amen, than the enemy's ability to take. And that's just a little tidbit I might throw out there today, amen. So when you're believing God, uh, you know, to... Uh, meet a need, amen, understand that God's ability to meet that need is far greater than any, uh, any of the enemy's abilities to take, okay? So just keep that in mind. If you are uh, got your, your offering, your tithe, amen, your love gift, however you want to word it, and you got that with you, for some, uh, of course, local here, you're going to be uh, you know, bringing it in or mailing it in. Uh, uh, for many out there, it's, it's just online giving. So either way, anything you can do for a point of contact, I just kind of encourage people to get it in hand as I pray over it. Praise God. Amen. So if you got it in hand, let's go ahead and pray over it. Father, I just give praise and glory and honor right now. Thank you for this principle. Amen. Hallelujah. That if we give, it does come back to us. Praise God. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto us. Praise God. We thank you that all grace abounds toward us. 
that we always have all sufficiency in all things, and we have an abundance for every good work. And we thank you, Lord, amen, that you're the one that meets all of our needs according to your riches in glory. Amen. And Lord, as we give, amen, there's a harvest. There's a return. Amen. As we make deposits, there's a withdrawal. Praise God. As we sow, we shall reap. Praise God. We thank you for these principles. And we thank you for the fullness of the blessing in complete manifestation. Lord, for those giving uh, their tithes today, Lord God, I thank you and praise you that the windows of heaven are open over them. As your word says, unstopped. So that the windows of heaven are unstopped over them. Pouring out such blessing, it overtakes them. Literally means, praise God, there is more than enough, praise God. And we give praise for that. And we thank you that the devourer has been rebuked for their sake. Praise God. Hallelujah. He'll not steal out of their fields or take of their increase or their profit any longer. We thank you that every hole in the pocket, so to speak, has been stitched up. Praise God. That the enemy will not be able to take or steal any longer. So, Father, we give thanks for the fullness of the blessing. Blessed when we go in and blessed when we go out. Blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed in our homes, blessed in our fields. When the enemies come at us one way, they're fleeing seven and they're defeated before our very face. We thank you, Lord God, you've commanded a blessing on our storehouses and to all to which we place our hands in the land with which you're given us. So I thank you, Lord God, for the blessing. I thank you. We're the head, not the tail. We're above only and not beneath. That we are the lender and not the borrower, praise God. That we owe no man anything but to love him, praise God. And I give you praise and glory right now for debt cancellations, debt eliminations, early payoffs, whatever it takes to cause them to walk free from debt. And I give you the praise for it. So again, we give thanks for the blessing, give thanks for our harvest, and we give thanks, Lord God, for uh, our inheritance in you. For that, we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Call you blessed. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to start today in the book of Acts, chapter 20, please. The book of Acts, chapter 20. I have uh, the last couple weeks, anyway, been um, talking about some things, kind of talking about kingdom principles, just some key things um, that need to... Uh, you know, be alive within us as children of God, you know, uh, talked about, you know, making movement toward God, talked about, I think last week I talked about uh, proven character, um, you know, things that, you know, looking inward. Uh, I took one week, I think, and looked, talked about sowing and reaping, you know, cause and effect, actually, is probably what I kind of focused on. Today I'm going to talk about grace. Uh, I titled it uh, Divinely Empowered. Um, because that's really what grace is about. And, uh, you know, it's a subject that I enjoy. Um, I actually enjoy ministering on grace. Um, I kind of come at it from a little bit different perspective uh, than maybe several out there do. I'm not saying that we're any better or anything like that. It's just that just kind of a different angle. And uh, so uh, today I'm just going to hopefully... Uh, you know, take my time through this and minister this in a way that, you know, comes alive to you. Uh, because, uh, you know, really, to be honest, we all need grace to, to be what we're called to be and to do what we're called to do. You know, years ago, um, kind of heard a little cliche, a little statement. I don't know, it's probably been 20 years back now. But, you know, we're called to be a high-impact, low-maintenance people is what we're called to be. And the more we grow and develop in God and the more we lean on God in our day-to-day -day, uh, functioning and living and, and operating, uh, the more we become that high-impact, low-maintenance Christian. Amen. Now, the opposite, of course, ain't fun. You know, we can be a high-maintenance uh, and low-impact Christian, which we, nobody wants to really be that. And uh, so to me, this message of grace is to keep us as a high-impact low-maintenance Christian. Uh, again, not to, you know, people are in, you know, different places in their growth and development, and I get that. Um, but the key really is to let God um, empower us on day-to-day -day, uh, functions and, and living. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, all right? So I'm coming out of the book of Acts, chapter 20, in verse 32, 
Now, of course, this is Paul talking uh, to those uh, really at Ephesus, the elders at Ephesus is what's going on right here. And so I'm kind of coming in the middle of some of this. But he said, verse 32, uh, So now, brethren, I commend, or, uh, yeah, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, okay, which is able, in other words, this word of His grace is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified or set apart. Okay, in other words, all those who have, you know, who have received this and walked in this. Uh, he says that you can walk in that same inheritance, praise God. So let's just take a look at some of this real quick. Let's define it. We always like to define the word grace. Uh, you know, charis, okay, is the, is the Greek word, but it means a gift or a benefit or a favor. And a lot of times when you hear it taught, it's, it's coming out of one of those, okay? Talking about, you know, the gift of grace, the benefit or the favor of grace, okay? But today, uh, I'm going to give you the rest of that definition uh, when you see it just in a concordance, okay? Uh, so it just brings this out. It says, a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. So a godly or divine influence... Okay, now what does influence mean? Well, influence means the capacity or the power to produce an effect on or in another, uh, to impact, okay, to imprint. So when you're talking about a divine influence, we're talking about an empowerment that comes from God. Okay, that's, that's just key. A divine empowerment from God to imprint, influence, to uh, impart, all right, to empower you, amen. It says your heart, all right, which the word heart just means core center. It means really the seat of control. So in other words, if God can affect the heart, see, then, then it can affect the rest of your life. And that's what grace means, a divine influence upon the heart and then its reflection in the life. And that's just straight out of a concordance. All right, so that's a strong concordance definition. A divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. And that's exactly how grace operates. It comes straight from God to imprint, influence, impart into you that then it can turn now and then reflect out here in just everyday living. All right, and this, my friend, is where some folks miss. Okay, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But we have to understand that, that that's our part, to go in there and allow God to imprint us. Amen. So it will change our life. Amen. Okay, like I said, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, so it says here that the word of His grace, which is able to build you up, okay, and give you an inheritance, to build you up, which means to build upon, literally means um, to erect or to, uh, to construct, strengthen, or reinforce something. To bring increase, it also means. Amen. So, um, you know, to build something in somebody's life, okay? So, I believe the, the Greek word is edifice. Okay, we get our word edifice, okay? So, uh, to edify, edifice, to build something, to construct something, all right? So, this word of grace is able to build you up, and it says, and to give you an inheritance, okay? To give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. In other words, the same thing they walk in, you can walk in. That's the cool thing about grace, the cool thing about really the Word of God as a whole. Amen. That nobody's, uh, you know, nobody's got more uh, rights than, than, than what you have. Amen. In God, we all are called of God. We're all part of the family of God, the household of God. Amen. Uh, the kingdom of light. Amen. And all these promises. Amen. If one person gets to walk in that promise, we all get to walk in that promise. It's just whether or not you're going to receive it or not. Amen. That's really on you and me. Praise God. So this inheritance uh, means a possession or a portion, allotment, or might even use the word like lot. Like somebody might say, this is my lot in life. It's really, that's what the word means. It means my inheritance, my fortune, my future, my destiny. It also kind of includes all that. Okay, so the point I'm going to try to make here, I'll just kind of throw this out here right now um, because my heart really just wants to dive into this thing, go full bore here, but let's just kind of take our time with this. All right, so grace connects us to our inheritance. Okay, 
Hang on to that. Grace connect, connects us to our inheritance, or we could even say to our future. Now, the reason I'm mentioning that is because mercy and grace, a lot of times, uh, get lumped together and thrown, you know, a lot of times you say, you know, I, 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 I'm, I love God's mercy and grace. And, you know, a lot of times it just gets lumped together. So uh, people don't realize that mercy and grace are two different things. Okay. But a lot of people kind of lump them together and, uh, and, then, and then, you know, say something, you know, maybe subconsciously uh, not really grasping what we're talking about. All right. And so my, my heart today is that maybe we can kind of define that a little bit. You know, mercy is about really about disconnecting you from your past. Okay, that, that uh, you know, covenant kindness, okay, that, uh, that, that compassion, that mercy is about covering uh, that which is behind you, that maybe from yesterday, yesteryear, even yesterhour, amen. We need mercy, amen, to, uh, to disconnect us from everything backwards, okay? But grace is the empowerment to connect you to everything in front of you, all right? That's what allows you to grab hold of your future, amen? That, that's what allows you to, uh, to be empowered to fulfill what you're called to fulfill, amen? To complete what you need to complete. See, it's, it's, it's what connects you to your destiny, all right? Mercy will disconnect you from the past, whereas grace will connect you to your future. All right? Hope that made sense. Amen. Now, another thing, uh, just a little quick thing. You know, mercy uh, eliminates the hindrances, whereas grace can really make the difference. So, uh, you know, mercy uh, eliminates the hindrances of all the stuff that maybe could have hung you up uh, kept you, uh, you know, from, from moving forward, okay, all those hindrances. Mercy's there to take care of all that, praise the Lord. But, and mercy's new every day, okay, but grace is that which makes the difference. It's what, it's what allows you to keep moving forward. So, anyway, just a little tidbit I threw out there right off the bat, praise God. Since we're in the book of Acts, chapter 20, let's back up here a few verses. Again, now he's talking to... Uh, the elders at Ephesus, okay, and they're basically come up and said, hey, you know, we've got to, we know that, uh, you know, by a word of the Lord that there's going to be some pressure ahead. And, and Paul knew that. But he said this in verse 24, he says, uh, but none of these things have moved me. In other words, I ain't going to, I'm not going to be moved by anything I'm seeing out there. Amen. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. All right. And, in other words, I'm going to finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from God, right? Which I receive from the Lord Jesus, here we go, to testify or to give witness or to attest to the gospel of the grace of God. All right? So what he's trying to say here is this. I refuse to let anything out here that I'm seeing cause me to run away from what I've been empowered to do. That's what he's saying to them. Listen, I've been graced to do this. And everywhere I go, I'm not only uh, going to testify to what I'm called to do, I'm also going to continue to carry that message to everyone else. Amen. He calls it the gospel of the grace of God. In other words, the good news, the good message of the grace of God. But the bottom line, what he's saying here to them guys uh, here at Ephesus, he's saying, listen, I know there's pressure ahead. But he said, that's why I've been empowered. I know there are things that are going to war against me, but that's why I've been empowered to do what I'm called to do. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, several references. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 uh, brings out, uh, he says, I am what I am based on, uh, based on the grace of God. Amen. Ephesians 3 says a similar deal. Romans 15 uh, says the same thing. All of me saying is Paul saying, I am who I am because of grace. I'm doing what I'm doing because of the grace. Okay, so let's define that. So I am what I am because of divine influence upon the heart and it's reflection in my life. I'm going to fulfill what I'm called to fulfill because of the divine influence upon my heart and its reflection in my life. All right? 
grace. All right. Praise God. Let's go to Romans. Go to Romans. Hallelujah. You know, there's, um, you know, we got the definition, you know, I gave you from uh, the concordance, but, um, you know, the scriptures, you know, they, they kind of defines it too in itself, you know. Um, I think it's uh, 2 Corinthians in chapter 12, it brings out, and he talks about my grace is sufficient. This is the Lord talking to, to uh, Paul. Uh, Paul, you know, of course, is being pressured, and he said, listen, my grace is sufficient. And, but he, 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 he uh, in that text, he connects, he says that my grace is my power. That's what he brings out in that text. So when you, when you, you know, when you're thinking about the grace of God, what you're seeing is his power. Okay. In Acts chapter 4, uh, he's talking about the apostles all being uh, strengthened. It talks about great uh, strength upon them. And it says, because great grace was upon them. So we're seeing not only is, is grace uh, God's uh, power, but it's also God's strength. Okay. Uh, if you go like in, I believe it's Acts 11, it brings out pretty clear that um, it compares uh, the grace of God with the hand of God. You know, with, I think it was with Paul and, and Barnabas, I believe it was, is the text. And it says that the hand of God was on him because the grace of God was on him. Now, the reason I'm bringing that out is because we're talking about, you know, this divine influence, this empowerment, this strength, the hand of God at work, amen, in our lives so we can be all we're called to be and we can do all we're called to do, all right? Now, I'm just going to say this, okay? Um, if there's no power, if there's no strength, if you're not sensing the hand of God moving, the chances are there's no grace. Okay, now think about that, okay? Now this sometimes explains why there are giftings that never come into fruition, callings that never manifest, why leadings and biddings and promptings of God never come to pass, all right? It's not that God came up short or not that God changed his mind, or not that God was teasing us along, you know, putting some carrot in front of us to prod us along and then pull it away from us. What happens is a lot of times we, we get a direction or we get a, a bidding, a prompting, we get a gifting, a calling, something that comes alive, and then we don't do anything to keep it empowered, to keep it uh, moving forward, okay? Now just hang on to that, okay? So Romans 5, verse 17 for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. That's talking about the first Adam, okay, Adam in the garden, okay. So it talks about uh, because of the, the offense, it says death reigned through the one. And this whole text basically brings that out because of what he did. It, uh, the offense, it spread to all mankind. So what Adam did affected all mankind, okay. And uh, it goes on to say, uh, much more those who receive... The abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Now, again, in context, he's talking about what Adam did. We could even say the first Adam because sometimes Jesus is referred to as the second Adam. So we have the first Adam did, did something, an offense that affected all mankind. But Jesus come along, paid a price, okay, and what he did affected all mankind, okay? Now, hang on to that because it says here that if we're going to reign in life, if we're going to move forward and conquer in life, okay, and I'll define that here in a minute, but it says that you're going to have to receive something. You're going to lay hold of something. It says here that you're going to have to seize or lay hold, receive the abundance of grace all right, because there is abundance of it, all right, and the gift of righteousness, okay? Now, the gift of righteousness, earlier it calls it a free gift, okay? And what that means is uh, right standing. So Jesus paid a price, amen, for you to be in right standing, 
Okay, so no matter what's happening, in fact, that's pretty, pretty connected to that mercy thing when you think about it, because, you know, here you are, uh, you know, uh, based on the mercy of God, Jesus pays a price, amen, for all mankind. And now because of righteousness, because you become now the righteousness of God, your past no longer uh, can hold you back. Okay, unless you let it. Okay, so you've been now made the righteousness of God. But it says something that you've got to receive the abundance of grace and the gift or the free gift of righteousness. And it says if you do, it says that you will reign in life. Let me go ahead and define that. The word reign here in this verse, 17, it means to rule as a king. Okay, and so in fact, some of your translations will even bring that out. It means, to, uh, it means a strength to govern a confidence to win, and a commanding stability, okay? Uh, one of the definitions uh, in, uh, in the concordance, it brings out that it's, um, it says a, uh, there it is, the foundation of power. I like that. This word reign means that you have, then when it says you're going to reign in life, it means that you now have the foundation of power. Now, you think about this, we're talking about living this life, walking this life in God. Well, if you receive, if you'll receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, it says that you're going to have the foundation of power. It's what's going to allow you to, to have stability, confidence, strength, cause you to reign as a king, hallelujah, in life, praise God, the way you're supposed to. All right? We're called to reign in life. Amen. So how do we do that? Amen. By receiving the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. All right. Now, just for whatever it's worth, um, later on in the chapter here, it says that grace reigns through righteousness. So let me just toss that out there. So uh, because of when, what we're going to go to here about, about grabbing and receiving this grace, okay, but it says that you... Uh, You've been made the righteousness of God. So in other words, Jesus paid a price so that at any given time you have access to the Father. That's what it means to have right standing. You've been justified. Amen. Uh, you know, so, you know, it's like uh, Romans 8 brings out, you know, of course, here I am talking about Romans 8 again, right? Uh, that you've been, uh, you know, he talks about that those that have been, uh, well, in fact, let me read it to you. It would be easier instead of stumbling over this. It says this, whom he's predestined, in other words, given, uh, given a future. These he's also called, in other words, bidded to come or an invitation. Amen. And it says, whom he's called, these he's also justified or made righteous. And whom he's justified or made righteous, these he's also glorified or empowered. Now that's uh, Romans 8 and verse 30. Amen. So, uh, but anyway, that's the thing, okay. The point that I'm trying to make is Jesus made a way so that you could be empowered at any given time. That's what I'm trying to bring out, okay? A lot of times some of you might say, well, you don't understand. I've, I've messed up. I've botched this thing. I've tried to do this time and time again, and I can't seem to get past this or get over this or get through this or whatever. See, what you have to understand is Jesus made a way, amen, to, amen, disconnect you from that which is hindering you, disconnect you from anything back there that might hold you back. Amen. You've been made the righteousness of God, and that means now at any given time, no matter what the mistake, no matter the hurdle that you, you can't get past or whatever it is, you now have access to God based on what Jesus did. Now, there's a reason for that. Okay? Not just so you can just say, okay, I had a conversation with God, which, which is good, by the way. Okay? We encourage that. Okay, but there's more to it than just a conversation. Okay, that's where the grace is. Okay, now I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go. Let's go to Hebrews chapter four. Amen. Hebrews chapter four. And amen. Verse, common text, verse sixteen says that. Uh, let us therefore, so 4.16 of Hebrews, let us therefore come boldly or with confidence or with assurance to the throne of grace 
that we may obtain mercy, right, and here we go, find grace to help in time of need, all right? So let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, I'm just going to say this. If you want the grace of God, you got to seek the God of grace, okay? In this case, it says it talks about the throne of grace, okay? Now, just keep that in mind, okay? Therefore, come boldly with confidence, with assurance, right? Amen. This word uh, come, just learn just kind of how, how it means to approach, to, to connect, to come to visit or draw near. Amen. Um, one of the definitions means uh, permit to give the nod. In other words, uh, you know, you're, you're moving closer to, to, to actually connect, to have, you know, this connection between you and him to where he can just look at you and give the nod that you know, praise God, you've connected. But you can come confidently to God with boldness to God because you've already been made the righteousness of God. Now, the reason for that, like I said, is it's at the throne of grace that we receive the grace of God. Amen. It says we obtain mercy. Amen. In other words, we, we receive that mercy. Amen. But it says we're there then to find, discover, to locate. Let me see what else it means. It literally means to get hold of. It refers to an encounter or to meet or to get in touch with. Okay, now hang on to that, okay? So you're receiving this grace, or pardon me, this mercy again to take care of anything back here, but you're now locating and finding, you're grabbing hold, you're discovering the empowerment, let's define it, divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in your life, all right? The power of God, the strength of God, the hand of God at work. So when you go with confidence to the throne of grace, you're now positioning yourself, amen, to receive, to discover, to grab hold of. What was that, one of those definitions? To get in touch with and encounter with grace itself. That's necessary, all right, to understand that, all right? So when you do that, it says that you're going to then have uh, help in time of need. Okay, what's, what's that mean? Well, help, of course, you know, whatever it is that, 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 you know, I guess that's pretty simple. You know, whatever you need to have happen, it's there at the throne of grace, all right? So you're now obtaining a mercy and you're finding, discovering that grace to help in time of need. This word in time of need means something that's well-timed or timely, an opportune time, convenient time, but it literally means on time for the need. In other words, if you have a need, amen, if you have, uh, you need help in time of need, amen, guess where it is? Amen. It's at the throne. Now, it's necessary to understand that, okay, because a lot of people don't take the time, all right? A lot of people don't take the time to connect with God, all right? They don't take the time to approach God. Now, due to whatever reasons, it could be they feel less than or there could be, uh, you know, it's, they just don't feel it's convenient or they don't think they have the time to do it or whatever, all kinds of excuses. But you need to understand that it's in the presence of God, amen, that you find the grace of God. All right. If there's no power, if there's no strength. If the hand of God isn't present, OK, it's because grace isn't present. OK. So now if grace isn't present, it's not because God's holding out. It's because we haven't taken the time to go get it. Amen. A lot of times I use the illustration, uh, you know, hopefully I don't bore you with these things. But, you know, if, if Pastor Jerry said, I want to give you a new car, okay, and, uh, um, you know, I want, I want to bless you. I want to give you something. Amen. But in order for you to, uh, to get it, you need to, you know, I need to have you drive out to the house and, and to pick it up because it's out there. And, uh, you know, here's the keys, but you need to go out to the house and pick it up. Now, for you going out to my house doesn't make it any, any less a free gift than if I would have drove it here and handed it to you. All right, you say, well, what does that have to do with it? Well, grace is the same way. Grace is a free gift, but he's asking you to come over to the house and pick it up. That's all he's asking. He says, you can have it. It's free. And there's an abundance of it. 
You can have as much as you need. All I need you to do, though, is come to the house and pick it up. And a lot of people just don't take the time to come to the house. Amen. In this case, we call it talk about the throne of grace. Amen. Amen. To receive the grace of God. Amen. From the God of grace, right? At the throne of grace. Amen. If we don't, we don't spend any time going there, chances are you're not going to be empowered. Amen. To do whatever you're called to do. That's why there is a lot of gifts that don't come into fruition. A lot of callings that never seem to, to manifest like they should. A lot of biddings and promptings and leadings of God that just go nowhere. Because we don't, you know, we might have got a word from God, but then we don't keep going to God to get ourselves empowered, amen, to be filled up to the full, amen, on a day-to-day basis to complete the work. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Um, Matthew 11 says this. Uh, this is what Jesus said. Come to me, all, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And you say, what's that do with? Well, to be honest, it has to do with grace. Okay? So, you know, you know back here in, in Hebrews 4, he's talking about rest, entering into the rest of God. And then he says, you know, go get grace. Amen. And that's what, that's what Jesus was talking about. He said, if you will come to me, and he says, all you who labor, that means hard toil, okay, you're toiling. All you who labor and are heavy laden, okay, which, which really means stressed out when you break it all down. So you're toiling hard and you're stressed out. And he says, if you will come to me, I'll give you rest. All right? In other words, I'm going to empower you so you can do what you have to do and not feel like you're toiling so hard and stressing out all the time. Now, Paul brings it out in, uh, mostly in, in the book of, of Romans. He talks about the difference between the law and grace. There's a lot of that. He talks about the difference there. And a lot of times people um, you look at it and, and they have a, a kind of a different perspective on it or just a different uh, you know, look at it. And they'll look at grace like grace is some get out of jail free card, you know, or something, or free get out of jail card, you know. And uh, it's really not, that's not what grace is about, okay? And the law is not just a list of do's and don'ts that when the grace of God's there, you don't ever have to do. That's not what it's about. What the law's dealing with, when he's talking about the difference between law and grace, is the law is about doing everything in your power versus doing everything in his power. That's the difference, okay? Because there's still things to do. There's still a race to run. There's still, you know, a calling, a gifting. There's still things that you're, you're designed by God to be a part of, to bring your supply, to, to fulfill this, to serve here, to help here, to give here. All the things that this Word walks us through to show us and really, in a sense, gives us the do's and the don'ts the yeas and the nays, the uh, move forwards and the, and, the, and the when to stop and all that kind of stuff. Everything's in there. But he says, listen, I ain't asking you to do that in your power. I'm asking you to do this in my power. All right, that's what grace is about, a divine influence. Now, let's just define that again, okay, in the light of what we read here in Hebrews 4. Okay, a divine influence upon the heart. Again, the word influence, okay, means a power or to be uh, empowered or power, amen, to produce an effect on or in another, okay? So to impart or implant or imprint, okay, in, in the life of another. Now, if Pastor Jerry is going to influence you, that means somewhere along the line, I have to have a connection with you. Okay, whether you came to watch something I, I'm, I'm doing, read something, or heard something that I'm saying, um, maybe through a, a connection, we, maybe we're set down together, we begin to communicate about something, and, and I walk you through something, help you with something, and you might walk away saying, well, Pastor Jerry influenced me, amen, by what he said or what he uh, what he did or what he wrote or what he spoke or whatever, okay? Now, the only way that I can influence you 
is if you allow me to connect with you to do that. All right? So the influence from God is no different. Please hear this, okay? Uh, You know, just because you know God, just because you've accepted Jesus in your life, doesn't mean you're automatically walking in grace. All right? You still are called by God to spend time with God, okay? To come boldly and with confidence to that throne, right? Because He made a way for you to come there now. Amen, that no matter what happened, no matter what's going on in your life, you always have access to God. Why? Because it's in God that you find the empowerment, the influence, the power, the strength, the hand of God to work on your behalf, to help you with everyday living, praise God, to be all you're called to be, to do what you're called to do. Amen. It's all there in the presence of God. In fact, one of the things uh, that comes out of the presence of God, according to Exodus, is rest. So when Jesus says, come to me, all you who uh, are laboring, toiling, and heavy laden and stressed out, I'll give you rest. Amen. Well, in fact, uh, 1 Peter uh, brings out in chapter 1, it says that, you know, to, uh, to, uh, to rest our hope fully upon the grace which is to be brought to you or to me through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that word revelation means the appearing. Okay, so it's not, we're not referring to someday in the sweet by and by. Some people might speed read that and say, well, you know, someday when we get to, when we get to heaven, amen, there's going to be grace there that we can rest our hope on. No, he's not talking about when you get to heaven because when you get to heaven, you ain't, gonna have, you ain't really going to have need for that. It's right here and now that we need it. Amen. So he's talking about with the appearing the revelation, amen, or a connection with God, amen. Uh, let me give you some examples. You know, I think about Mary and Martha. Remember, remember when Jesus is over there ministering at the house with, at, uh, with Mary and Martha, and Martha, you know, is in the kitchen, you know, she's working and toiling and trying to get, uh, you know, things done, and Jesus is in the other room ministering to whoever else is there. Well, Mary's in the room with Jesus, all right, as he's ministering. Well, of course, Martha gets a little worked up, okay? She gets a little upset because she's out here working by herself. And pretty soon she interrupts Jesus, and she says, you know, uh, you know, tell my sister to get herself in here and help me. All right, now, you know, there's a lot to that story, but, you know, it's amazing. She interrupts Jesus ministering to get her sister to to stand up, come out of there, and to come into the kitchen and help, all right? Well, Jesus didn't say, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Mary, you need to be in there helping. No, he, he looked, he says, Martha, Martha. He says, you're, you're overwhelmed. You're stressing out, girl. You're overwhelmed with, with everything. He said, and he didn't just say one thing. See, see, Martha probably thought, you know, I'm only upset because I need some help out here in the kitchen. But he says, you're overwhelmed and stressed out about many things. He says, but Mary, the word says this, Mary chose the one thing needed. That's what it says, that she chose the one thing needed. She's in there right now in his presence, sitting with him, amen, letting him influence her, or we could say this, empowering her, amen, because it's in his presence. See, it's, it's, it's. In his presence or the appearing, amen, time spent with him where the grace is. So what what Jesus was saying is Mary right now is being graced, amen, to do what she's going to be called to do. You're right now, you're you're in the other room. You're not in here being graced. You're not in here being empowered. You're in there stressing out. He said, we got to switch this. You need to get yourself in here instead of you calling Mary in there. You need to come in here, get empowered so that when it is time to serve, amen, you're not all stressed out about it. Well, anyway, take note of that, all right? Because that's what happens a lot of times in people, especially in ministry, okay? Uh, And it ain't just ministry. It could be just raising a family, okay? You, You know, you're doing a business, a job or something, maybe even that something God has showed you, God's led you to, praise God. Could be that, uh, uh, you know, um, 
you know, in, in, in ministering itself, okay, God's di directing you about how to do something, uh, uh, you know, how to be this, how to do that, how to do this department, how to do, uh, you know, uh, this, this area, how to make this work right, how to make that work right. And God might have already given you a leading in how to do it. But see, it doesn't stop there. What God's trying to do then is empower you from day to day so you can fulfill what he's asked you to do. And this is where a lot of people get tripped up. All right? They don't go and get empowered. So what happens is they can't reign in life. What happens is they struggle. They strain. They're now toiling, heavy laden. All right? But it's in him where you find the grace. It's in Him where you find the empowerment. It's in Him where you find the influence. It's in Him where you find the direction. And the more you let Him empower you, influence you, strengthen you, the more it then reflects in your life. And now you're not stressing out about everything. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Another example I'll give you is that... Um, Zechariah chapter 4. Now, we all know verse 6. You know, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. A lot of people don't take the time and, and, and realize what, you know, maybe read through that and realize what that's talking about, okay? First off, it's a word to uh, the governor of Judah, Zerubbabel, okay? And uh, Zerubbabel was given um, really a, an assignment of God to rebuild the temple. Well, it was a big task. It was a huge task, okay? So he is called by God to rebuild the temple, praise God. All right? So he's going along. He's working on it. But pretty soon it gets to be overwhelming, okay? And then it sits for a while, okay? Nothing gets done on it for a while. So the word of the Lord came to, to, to Zerubbabel, okay, and said this, okay? It's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's by my spirit. In other words, by my breath, by me breathing into you. He says, this mountain, okay, this mountain, this task, this thing that seems overwhelming to you will be made a plain. In other words, that mountain's going to come down to nothing, but it says with shouts of grace, grace. Amen. So even in the old covenant, we're seeing that empowerment. Amen. How necessary it is. And really, to be honest now, in the new covenant, it shows you how it all happens. Amen. By spending time with the Father, spending time with your Lord, spending time in the presence of God. Amen. And when you do that, you're empowered. Praise God. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's go. Um, let's see here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, verse 15, it just says, looking, of course, we're kind of coming in the middle of a statement here, but it says, looking uh, diligently or carefully, lest anyone, here we go, fall short of the grace of God. Fall short of of the grace of God. And it says, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled. But it says, you notice where it started? Fall short of the grace of God. Now you think, how can anybody fall short of the grace of God? Well, it's what we're talking about. Okay, this word to fall short is defined as lack or to be deficient of. So he says that, that lest anyone, what, lack the grace of God or... Uh, be deficient, that's the other word, to be deficient of the grace of God. Well, you'd think that if this is the grace of God and it's God, you know, providing grace, okay, uh, and a lot of people preach it, you know, grace is just there, you know, and, you know, God, God's grace is always there. Well, um, if you're not going to God to get it, you're going you're gonna to lack it. You're going to become deficient of it. And then pretty soon all these things it mentions in this text begin to manifest because you're not being empowered, you're not being strengthened, you're not being influenced by God. And if there's no grace, okay, now you become more vulnerable for all the pressures, all the things that most people fall prey to, you become prey to it because 
you're not keeping yourself graced or empowered. It's key. All right, let me give you some other references on that. Galatians uh, 2, verse 21 says, I do not set aside the grace of God. The word set aside means to frustrate, to nullify, to make void. All right? So that means you could, amen, set aside, frustrate, nullify, or to make void the grace of God. Okay? It can happen. Okay? Uh, Galatians 5 says you have fallen from grace. The word fallen literally means to be driven off course from the grace of God. Now, the reason I'm bringing all these up because it's, it's, our, it's up to us. See, we think, well, no, God, God's just going to grace me to do whatever. Well, the grace is always available, and there's an abundance of it. More than you could ever need is available to you, but if you're not going to get it, then you get driven off course. Things be, this grace becomes null and, and void and nullified. Made void. You know, we, pretty soon we're not, we're, not, we're not able to move forward. Pretty soon now we're toiling. We're doing everything in our own strength. We're being heavy laden, stressed out about it. And then we're called to live a stress-free life in Christ. Amen. I mean, just like Zerubbabel. Amen. Pretty soon you get, you get so, you know, overwhelmed with whatever it is you've been asked to do or, you know, your family, your business, your church, whatever it is. And pretty soon you're, you're laying, I mean, you're not, you're not doing what you should be doing. You're not fulfilling anything because you got wore out. You're beat down. You're now stressing out. Uh, you know, you, uh, you know, you're burnout. I mean, a lot of ministers get burnout. Okay. And I'm telling you, this is how you avoid burnout. All right. Because there is work. There is things to do. There are things where it says putting your hand to the plow and not looking back. Amen. There are things that we're called to do uh, in service and bringing our supply and helping and, and, and encouraging others and, and being a blessing to others and giving and all the things that, that come in this walk of God. Amen. But if we're not being empowered, pretty soon we get overwhelmed with it and it becomes this mountain to us. And it's all because we're not being graced to do it. And now we find ourselves doing it in our own strength. And as a result of it, we're just like Martha. You know, we're stressing out. We're now overwhelmed with many things. And usually when you get stressed out, it's not just one thing, okay? It might be one thing that just kind of sets you off, but you know, pretty soon it's everything. This is making me upset, and I got this going on, and this is happening, and that's going on, and this is going on, and you think nobody should have to you know, do this or be that, or how come that's all on? No, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute, okay? Be cautious, okay? It could just be that we haven't taken the time to come boldly to the throne of grace to be empowered. All right, let me give you some other references here. In Acts 13, okay, this is, I believe it's Paul talking here, and he's persuading those there, amen, to continue in the grace of God. To continue. Well, amen, to continue in the grace, which could mean then that maybe we may not be continuing. Now, I'm not trying to just do some play on words. I'm just, see, if he says he's praying that they continue, he's persuading them that they continue. That word continue means to remain, to abide, to stay with it. Amen. He's persuading them to continue in the grace of God, which means that we, there's the possibility we may not. So I'm trying to show you today, you know, the reason this is such a kingdom principle about just spending time with God. You know, last week we talked about, you know, looking inward, you know, and, and being, you know, taking heed to some things. But even in that, God says, I want to empower you to do it. Whatever change and adjustments that need to be made in there, I want to be a part of that. I want to help you with that. Amen. I'm not just going to tell you, change that, and then walk away from you. All right? Now, I'm just going to say this. Now, God might talk to you about changing something, and then you walk away from Him. That can happen. You know, you may, you may have went to God once and got a leading from God, a bidding, a prompting, a, a you know, direction in something, and then you went out there and just rolled up your sleeves and went after it. And, and, and pretty soon, not even realizing, you know, I haven't spent any time with God. I haven't communed with God in anything. Amen. Now, I'm just going to say this, okay? Let me just toss this out here. 
Okay, spending time in the Word, okay? You might have your devotionals or whatever, however you, you do that, or maybe you just take time to, you know, read a chapter a day, or maybe, uh, you know, we, uh, we even at the church here have a chapter a day thing that we, we put out there for everybody, just encourage them to stay in the Word a little bit every day. You may be in the Word, and you might be watching right now, uh, you know, via uh, the Internet. You might be watching Roku. Uh, you might be listening by podcasts. Um, you know, whatever, you might have uh, other kind of teaching materials that you're, you're grabbing and drawing from, and all of that's good. Ain't none of this uh, that's bad or wrong. All of it's necessary because in, in, in all of it, there is a level of grace that you can be empowered uh, by, by, you know, taking, taking in the Word of God, watching and listening. But I'm telling you this, I'm just, the reason I mention this is because none of it, though, takes the place of presence. None of it takes the place of your time spent with God on a one-to-one, face-to-face encounter. And if you want to truly be strengthened and empowered and divinely influenced to do this thing right, it is going to take You spending a little bit of time in the presence of God, communing with God. That's where you find the grace. That's where you find the empowerment. That's where you find uh, the the be strengthened. That's where it is, all right? And again, not making light of your time in the Word, your time listening or watching or, or drawing on teaching materials, reading, all that kind of stuff. We're not taking away from any of that. It's all, it all has its place. But please, I, 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 like Paul says, I beg of you, all right, uh, you know, to, to spend time on a day-to-day basis. Amen. Spend time every day. Amen. In the presence of God. Somewhere you got to have that communion time with God. Man, this will keep you from being burnt out. This will keep you from stressing out. This will keep you from being overwhelmed. Amen. Because these things that we're doing probably are things God's called us to do. Amen. But we can, we can get so overwhelmed because we're not receiving the empowerment. You know, sometimes I use the illustration too. You know, uh, you know, you could drive uh, drive down the highway and you find some person's pulled over. They got their uh, you know their lights on, you know, their flashers on because something's wrong. And you stop and you say, "Hey, what's going on? I don't know. My car just died." You know, and and so you're helping and you're trying to figure out you know what's going on and. And, uh, you know, they could be all upset, thinking maybe their car broke down, you know, and, and maybe their motor, something happened there or something, I don't know, just, you know, whatever, you know, something uh, filter clogged or some kind of thing, and, and they can get all upset, and they could even be out there kicking their car, calling all kinds of names, okay? Now, you know as well as I do, they probably ain't going to change nothing, but, 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 you know, play with me on this one. You know, they could be, you know, getting all over, overworked because their vehicle shut down. And when it comes right down to it, you, you ask him, you say, well, do you have fuel in the tank? And they might say, well, I don't know. Well, let's check that, you know. So you, they turn the key on, look, and sure enough, tank's empty. Well, you could be all mad at your car and all mad at your mechanic and all mad at God and, and, and everybody else that drives by. But that didn't help anything. You needed to get your tank filled up. You should have stopped at the filling station and got your tank full, all right? Now, I know it's kind of a, a corny way of looking at it, but, but that's what we're asking you to do every day is to go to God and get your tank filled up every day. So you can be all that you're called to be and do all that you're called to do. And, of course, I didn't turn to all the references earlier, but when Paul says, you know, I am what I am because of the grace of God. I'm a minister of the gospel because of the grace of God. He wasn't just saying that, you know, in the beginning God graced me and that's it. No, he's, he, Paul understood the importance of day-to-day connection, day-to-day face-to-face encounters with God, amen, to be empowered to complete what he called me to do. Remember, we got to finish the race, not just start it. we got to finish it, all right? And it takes the same thing that you got 
you know, a bidding or a prompting or a leading of God is the same thing that keeps you fueled and empowered to fulfill it. Praise God. Let me give you one more reference. In fact, I might turn to this one in John 1, and then we'll probably close with this. John 1. Hope I'm making my point. I kind of felt like I was all over the map a little bit here today, but uh, hopefully you're, you're getting something out of this. Um, John 1, and I'm going to read verse, uh, it's really verse 17. Um, yeah, I'll just read verse 17. I was going to maybe read all this, but I think I'm just going to, um, uh, well, maybe I will anyway. Verse 14. It says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of, here we go, full of grace and truth, right? Now hang on to that, grace and truth. John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. And of His fullness we have all received, and here we go, grace for grace. One translation says grace on top of grace, okay? So it talks about a level of grace and and walking more and more and more grace. Hang on to that, okay? Here we go. Verse 17 now, John 1. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, okay? Now, grace and truth both came through Jesus Christ. Now, I'm just going to throw something at you, okay? In fact, um, uh, John 8, a common text here. Um, John 8, and common text, verse 31 and 32 says this, and Jesus uh, is talking, he says, If you abide in my word, listen, you are my disciples indeed. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Okay, so the... The truth that makes you free, okay, now we've said this many times, is the truth that you know, and the truth that you get to know is the truth that you abide in. Now, I don't think anybody has a problem with that. If you want truth, you got to pursue truth. You say, what's that have to do with it? Well, it says grace and truth, right? What did it say? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we don't have a problem with pursuing truth, okay, we don't think nothing of it. If you want truth, you got to go after it. You got to abide. You have to remain. You have to go after it. Okay, you got to dig. Okay, now, why is it that when we talk about grace, about you know, you got to go after grace, that becomes such a struggle for some people? I don't know. Okay, but to me, it ain't no different. Okay, if you want grace, you go after grace. Just like you, you want truth, you go after truth, all right? Now, again, uh, just another way of looking at it, but we, we're, we're led to be known, okay, that if you're going to reign in life, if you're going to uh, be victorious in life, okay, you're going to have to receive that abundance of grace, okay? Now, the way to receive the abundance of grace is to come boldly to the throne of grace, amen, hallelujah, to walk in the grace of God, amen. So if you pursue, amen, if you pursue grace, amen, you'll receive grace. And if you receive abundance of grace, amen, you'll reign in life. All right? So it's just a progression, grace upon grace, amen, Uh, uh, grace on top of grace, amen. You just every day to do this right, I need an empowerment, I need grace, I need divinely influence so it can be reflected in my life. I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for this word, for the principles in this word. We thank you, Lord, for the grace, that empowerment that's always available. Father, thank you, amen, uh, that, that today this people, praise God, grabbed hold of this, that they had an ear to hear it and a heart to receive it. Again, that the eyes of our understanding were enlightened today, amen, to see what we need to see, amen, to receive what we need to receive. And Father, we give you praise and glory for that. Now, again, I'm talking to anybody out there today that has never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Man, this is where it really starts, right? I mean, if you receive Christ, amen, this is where it starts. Amen. You want want change? Man, go to Him, right? Receive Him. Accept Him. 
Amen. And if you confess him as Lord and believe in your heart that, uh, that God raised him from the dead, in other words, you believe in the price that he paid for you, guess what? It can be a done deal. Amen. It's that simple. Accept him and make confession of him, praise God. Tell people about, amen, I received Jesus in my life, amen. The word says when you do that, all of heaven rejoices, amen, just by you accepting him, praise God. It's not complicated. You didn't have to do, you know, 20 push-ups and and 110 set-ups. No, you just had to receive him, amen, and accept him, praise God, and then turn and make confession of him, praise God. So I encourage you today, receive Jesus, amen. Accept him into your life into your heart, amen, and turn around and confess him as your Lord, praise God. And if you'll do that, praise God, you've done what the Bible calls, you've become born again, a new creation in Christ, amen, and for that we give praise. And if you've done that for the first time today, amen, if you've never done that and today was your first time of doing that, let us know about it, amen, send us an email, amen, somehow let us know, praise God, that you made that decision for Christ and we can rejoice with you about it, amen, hallelujah. I call you all blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.